Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of our Blimey Cast. This is going to be about my top 5 advanced words for the IELTS speaking test. You're going to hear and to learn 5 advanced words that I have prepared for you. I really like those words because they are advanced, but they can be used in many different situations. So, this is quite relevant for those preparing to take the test, right? And also for English learners in general, right? Just before we start, I'd like to give you some random and rambling information here, just out of curiosity, right? I was looking at some details, some info that my podcast host provides, and I want to tell you my top 10 countries, my top 10 active countries listening to the podcast, which is quite interesting and cool. So the first one is Brazil. We have Brazil on the top of the list. Then we have Canada and the United States. Those would be the three more active countries listening to the podcast. Then we have Iran, Ireland, the United Kingdom, Israel, Portugal, Italy, and Russia. So that is quite cool. So if you are listening from those countries, welcome again. I welcome you in the warmest possible spirit, right? It's very, very nice to have you here, okay? So without further ado, let's get started. You are listening to Blimey Cast. For more information, check my Instagram profile, Blimey English. Welcome back to Blimey English. It's time for another full video. And this one is going to be one of the videos that I have been craving to prepare for you because I like it very much. I'm going to talk about my top five advanced words for the IELTS test. Yes, that's it. You're going to learn five of my favorite advanced words to use in the speaking part of the IELTS test, right? I have prepared an article, I have written an article, and we're going to read it through, right? So you can learn those expressions and eventually be able to use them in your test, right? So during my, my classes, I often tell students some advanced words to use in the test, right? And the use of advanced words can help you a great deal if you use them correctly, right? They show not only a higher level of vocabulary, but also a more deeper understanding of the language because you're not only able to produce a good, a great level of English, but to understand the reasons and the intricacies, the complexities involving that form of language as well, right? One criterion that your examiner is observing during your test is lexical resource and accuracy. So lexical resource is basically 
in other words, your vocabulary, right? Developing a strong and accurate vocabulary is one of the student's major concerns. They oftentimes have problems with that, right? Because if you are trying to learn new words, trying to learn advanced new words, but you are only looking for lists of advanced words, you are probably doing it wrong. And I definitely recommend you to stick here with me to learn the right way. Because let me tell you something. In Jiu-Jitsu, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, there is um, a situation that is quite common. We tend to say, we habitually say, that you don't need to be afraid of that person who knows a thousand different techniques. But you need to be afraid of that one who knows only one technique. For that one, that one technique, he has trained a thousand times. That's the thing. So it is better for you to know a few good advanced words and learn how to apply it in a magnificent way, right? In a flawless way, in a way that you don't commit mistakes. That is good for you. That is best for you, actually. So do not try to learn a plethora of new advanced words, many, many words and lists, because that is not going to help you. What is going to help you is to learn a few advanced words and use it perfectly right of course you can always develop you can always improve and strengthen your vocabulary but i'm just saying to you that you should rather focus on applying it perfectly right so in this article i have separated some of my favorite advanced words to use in the test i'll tell you them give you examples and then I will explain why they are so good to be used during your test. Right? Are you ready? So let's kick off them. The first advanced word I've got to you is querulous. Querulous. I'm going to repeat it slower for you before we move to the meaning of it so you can catch the pronunciation, right? Querulous. Lus. Querulous. Querulous. That's the way we pronounce it. And querulous means to be annoying or to complain about something in an irritating way, right? This is an advanced word for annoying. I will give you now two examples. The first one is he was talking too much during the event. It was querulous. And the example two, I don't like when people start complaining without reasons. That's querulous. So you start having a grasp, an idea of how to apply this word, right? But let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something about that word. In 2019, or 2019, that is another way to say uh, the number of years. You can say 2019 or 2019. Um, or for example, in this year we are in, we can say 2020 or 2020, right? You can say both ways. So 
in 2019, I started a personal challenge of reading as many books as I could in the space of one year, right? I took up reading in another level. If you take up something, you start doing that thing. So I took up reading, but in a more advanced level because I wanted to read as many books as I could, right? In the space of one year. Well, I finished that year, last year, with 94 books read. 94 books read. However, that is not what I want to tell you. What I want to tell you is where I found that word, querulous. As you know, I am a huge fan of the suspense genre, right? I'm really into this sort of story. I like horror films, horror stories, because it's a personal thing. I like to see and to, well, I try to understand how people react in extreme situations, right? So I would love, since I was a, a child, I would love watching films about apocalypse, uh, the end of times and things like that, because I like to see how people react in extreme situations, right? That's my cup of tea. That's my taste in films and that's my taste in books. I also read all the types of books and watch all the types of films, of course, but that would be my favorite, right? And last year, the first book I read was a book called Under the Dome. Under the Dome. You might be recognizing the name because there is a TV series on Netflix, if my memory serves, about that one, right? It's a book written by Stephen King, right? And just out of curiosity for you to know, that book, Under the Dome, is the third longest book he wrote with 1,072 pages. It's a beast. It's like that this thick, right? So I first saw the word querulous when I was reading it, reading the Under the Dome book. And I was careful enough to mark it and to check it again to tell you now and make it even clearer for you, right? So back there in the book, there was a boy acting in a way that could be a bit annoying and that's when King, Stephen King, used the word querulous. Look, and just for for you to know, oops, what's happening here with my my mouse? I don't know, some mystery involving these devices. Okay, so back there, Stephen King used the word querulous like this. Look, Th there was a, a conversation, right? And I'm going to repeat it here for you. Oh, come on. The boy let go of his sister's hand and tugged at the woman's instead. I want to play that game you said. But he sounded more querulous than eager. I'm going to repeat it for you and then we can go over it so I can explain it better, right? Come on! That would be the boy talking. The boy let go of his sister's hand and tugged at the woman instead. I want to play that game you said. But he sounded more querulous than eager. Now, can you imagine the scene? 
Can you catch the meaning, the general idea, the gist? The boy was insisting to play a game, even tugging at people's hands. So to tug it means to pull something quickly and usually with a lot of force, right? If you were tugging at the woman's hand, it was like pulling with force, right? So that can be a bit irritating, isn't it? Imagine a kid pulling or tugging at your hand. That is a bit annoying. So I don't hold anything against children. Of course, I just love them. But in that case, in that case of this story, it was a bit irritating, right? So whenever you want to describe someone who is acting in an irritating way, you can make use of that word, querulous. Can you repeat that again? Querulous, querulous. And that's why this word is so apt, is so appropriate for the IELTS speaking test. It can be used to describe many situations involving annoyance, right? I'm pretty sure you have or you know many, many situations, many cases, many stories when someone acted like in an irritating or annoying way, right? So that's the thing, that's the word for you to use in that case, in that situation, right? Let's say, for instance, that you are required to talk about an experience that you had with music. I'm just giving you an example here. You could say that you don't like a specific song. I don't know which type of music you like, which type of music you dislike, but let's say that you are going to talk about a specific song that you don't like, right? In fact, you hate it, but you've got a friend who always insists on playing it when you are together. So that is a bit annoying, isn't it? So you can say, you find that querulous because he knows you dislike it and still he plays it every time. See, that is a good example or explanation about the words context for you to use, okay? All right, let's move to the next one. And this word, my second top five word, is demeanor. Demeanor. And just to make clear for you before we move, so that, this way here, which is selected right now, is the British or the Canadian spelling, right? But in the US, they are going to spell it like this, without that U, right? That's the American way to spell that word. But the pronunciation doesn't change. The pronunciation is the same, demeanor. I will repeat it for you again, slower, so you can catch the pronunciation and repeat to yourself. Demeanor, demeanor. And if you're going to pronounce it in an um, American accent, you're probably going to say demeanor, demeanor, because they pronounce the R. British accent doesn't pronounce the R. So demeanor, demeanor. Right, so demeanor refers to one's way of looking and behaving. This is an advanced word for behavior, right? And just out of curiosity, now that I saw behavior in this way that is spelled here, it's again the British way, but in the US, they're going to write like this. 
right? Without that U again, behavior. And they're also going to pronounce behavior, behavior, or behavior, because they pronounce the R, British accent doesn't. So behavior, right? The demeanor is another word for behavior. And I'll give you two examples. The first one is, did you notice how angry her demeanor was yesterday? And example two, there are so many ways to cool down and adopt a calm demeanor. So I will repeat it for you because there might be a bit, there might have been a bit fast or too fast. So the first one, did you notice how angry her demeanor was yesterday? Meaning, did you notice how angry her behavior was yesterday? And example two, there are so many ways to cool down and adopt a calm demeanor and adopt a calm behavior, right? Uh, I can't quite remember where I saw this word for the first time, but I can tell you why this one is relevant. And I can give you another example using another book related universe to do it, right? So remember, I told you last year, I read 94 books, right? The second book was Annie of Green Gables, a book that I have recommended to you a while ago. If I'm not mistaken, last week, right? We a group of people on Instagram were talking about book recommendations. Uh, I recommended that one for you, Annie of Green Gables. And the book is really great, actually. It's written by a Canadian writer called Lucy Maud Montgomery. The story is very good. The story is very gripping, engrossing. If something is gripping or engrossing, it means that it catches your attention, right? So it turns out that there are some film versions of the story and even a TV series on Netflix, I think. And reading, a, reading on a website about the films, and that website would be anyofgreengables.com, I found out this description of one character. If you have started reading the book, you are likely to know this one by now. If you haven't, and you're going to take up that book, you are going to meet that character. But I'm not giving you spoilers here, right? The character would be Marilla Cuthbert, right? That's the name of the character. So I found out on that website, the description, this description of that character. So here goes, Marilla Cuthbert has a heart of gold, but her somewhat cold demeanor can be off-putting. I will repeat that for you. Marilla Cuthbert has a heart of gold, but her somewhat cold demeanor can be off-putting. So let's break it into bits so you can understand the meaning. It says that Marilla has a heart of gold that deep inside, she is a very nice person, right? But her somewhat cold demeanor can be off-putting. So a somewhat cold demeanor would be a behavior that in some ways, so somewhat can be uh, replaced for in some ways, it might be distant, cold, not warm, not welcoming, right? 
and it continues saying that her demeanor can be off-putting. So if something is off-putting, it might be a bit unpleasant, so you don't want to be involved with or don't want to take part in it, right? So if she has a, oh, an off-putting demeanor, if she has an off-putting demeanor, an off-putting cold demeanor, it means that because of her not welcome demeanor, not welcoming behavior, she repels people more than attracts them. I'll repeat that for you. So if she has an off-putting cold demeanor, it means that because of her not welcoming behavior, she repels people more than attracts them, right? The reason the word, this word, the word demeanor is on my top five list is because during this speaking test, you will be required to talk about stories or situations in your life that involve people's behavior. But instead, using this word all the time, behavior, 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 you now have an adverse option, an adverse word to refer to that. And the word is demeanor. Okay, let's go see the third word here. This word is plethora. Plethora. I will repeat it slower for you so you can check the pronunciation, right? Plethora. 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 And here there is a tricky sound, mostly for Brazilian students, because I know the TH sound doesn't exist in the Portuguese language, right? So that would be the voiceless TH. We have two types of TH. Let me just quickly type it here for you. The voiceless TH, right? So we have the voiced TH and the voiceless TH. So basically the way to produce them it's almost the same. What changes is the vibration you put in them. So the first one, the voiced TH, the way you say it is you put your tongue in between your teeth and blow the air. Certainly, right? Cert in a certain way, like, right? You don't need to now. Come on. Subtle, right? So the voiced th you can feel a vibration <clears throat> at the back of your throat is the vibration we feel when you say words like the that right so if you put your fingers on your throat you can feel th th that the that right now the voiceless th is different the voice is TH, you also, the way you produce it is, you also put your tongue in between your teeth and blow the air, but with, the, but not producing vibration, just blowing the air. It's the sound that we hear when we are saying the word think, think, right? So if you put your fingers in your throat, you're not going to feel vibration. Think, think, right? And again, I have told you that before the 
thing here is repetition. With those tricky sounds, you need to repeat, you need to repeat, you need to repeat, so then you can stick it to your mind. But not only that, so you can also train your mouth muscles to produce it, right? So repeat, repeat and repeat. And in that word, plethora, we have the voiceless th, plethora, 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 okay. Plethora means a large amount of something. It's fantastic for describing things that exist in great quantities, right? This is an advanced word for many. Instead of saying there are many of something, you can say there is a plethora of that. And I will give you two examples, right? The first one is, there is a plethora of amazing waterfalls in the outskirts of the city. Example two, life is a plethora of possibilities. So I will repeat them for you, a bit slower now. So the first one, there is a plethora of amazing waterfalls in the outskirts of the city. The outskirts would be the surrounding area of a city, right? Example two, life is a plethora of possibilities. Don't you think? Okay, so the reason why this word is here on this list is quite simple. It is simply an elegant way to, of referring to things that exist in large quantities. Right? During your test, you will probably need to talk about situations, facts, reasons or things that are or were present at the moment in large numbers. Right? Then you can make use of this wonderful word. I'm going to give you one more example of that one. Sometimes, when I ask my students some further questions, some additional questions, they feel in need to give a more structured answer, which is quite reasonable and right, depending on the type of the question, you need to do that. But sometimes they end up using rather common words to describe what they want to say. Let's imagine, let's assume that I ask you this question. What tourist sites are attractive for tourists in your country? What tourist sites are attractive for tourists in your country? There are some techniques I teach to help students present an appropriate answer. And one of them is the answer reason technique. I'm not going to enter into details of how to apply this technique because I do that in my classes and in my soon launched online course, to be launched course, but this one, this technique helps my students to go deeper into the question. There are some times you need to do that. It's not always during the test, but there are some times you need to do that. So let's say that when answering the question and using that technique, a student wants to say something like this. There are many impressive places to visit in my country, and every single one of them has special features or attributes that make them worth seeing. They are so unique and charming that they make your escape from the obvious choice. For, for example, and then they would move on. To make this answer a bit more embellished and a bit more advanced, instead of start saying, there are many impressive places, 
you could say there is a plethora of impressive places, right? Now, I will read it again, the, the answer, using that. So I will say, there are many impressive places, you can start. There is a plethora of impressive places to visit in my country, and every single one of them has special features or attributes that make them worth seeing. They are so unique and charming that they make you escape from the obvious choice. For example, and then they will move on, right? So, whenever you want to say or refer to something that exists in abundant quantities, you can make use of this embellishment word, plethora. Alright, the next word, the next advanced word on my list is bear. Bear. So this word has three main meanings. The first one is the large animal existing in the mountains, right? And the second is to carry or support something. And the third meaning is to give birth to a child or an animal. Now, the last two ones are more advanced, the last two meanings. Explore them. This is an advanced word for giving birth and for carrying something. Example one, it is important to bear in mind the importance of practicing your speaking. It is important to carry in mind, right? And example two, she bore three twins at one time, meaning she gave birth to three twins at one time. I will tell you one other example of the second meaning, to carry or to support something. Let's take that Stephen King book again. Remember it? Under the Dome. I'm going to read a bit of it for you and explain the meaning of the word bear using it. Right? It goes like this. Well, I'm sure we appreciate your concern, Mr. Eric Everett. Call me Rusty. We appreciate your concern, Mr. Everett, but I believe it's misplaced. Bear in mind that these children are without their mother, and they spend two nights alone without much to eat. So the phrase was, bear in mind that these children are without their mother. In that context, the word bear means have. So you could understand it as having mind that these children have, are without their mother. And the reason this one is good for the speaking part of IELTS is because you can use it to support your ideas. Let's say that you want to say that it's very important to look after children so they don't stay alone by themselves because they don't have a full understanding of what they're doing, which is quite true, right? So you could say, we need to bear in mind the importance of looking after children so they don't stay alone by themselves because they don't have a full understanding of what they're doing. Or you could even place the word bear in other points of the phrase, like this. It is important to look after children so they don't stay alone by themselves because it's relevant to bear in mind that they don't have a full understanding of what they're doing. It's a good one, right? I know, I know. Okay, let's move to the last advanced word on my list. And this word is conspicuous. 
conspicuous. I will repeat it for you again, slower, so you can check the pronunciation. So, conspicuous. 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 Not conspicuous. Conspicuous. Right? So, conspicuous means easily noticeable. Something that is standing out has to be clearly visible. Something that is attracting attention, right? This is an advanced word for noticeable. I will give you two examples. The first one, his angry demeanor was conspicuous. He couldn't hide it. Example two, that piece of clothing is a bit conspicuous to the occasion, isn't it? So I'm going to repeat it for you. His angry demeanor, remember that one? His angry demeanor was conspicuous. He couldn't hide it. That means he couldn't hide how angry he was. It was clear. Everyone could notice. It was attracting attention. Example two, that piece of clothing is a bit conspicuous to the occasion, isn't it? So you could think even of my headphone here, my handset is a bit conspicuous, right? Because it's red, big, it's easy to know, easy to recognize. Okay, I'll tell you one more book-related story and then we're done, right? I promise. Deal? Deal. Okay, this one is not actually originated from a book. I mean, I didn't learn it from a specific book, but I want to use one to illustrate it for you. And it's going to be so visual that you catch the meaning of it in no time, right? As you know, Stephen King is my favorite American writer, and many of his books have thousands of quotable lines, lines that you can quote, right? You can repeat, you can use in other situations. Like this one, I'm going to tell you. This quote derives from the book Christine. I haven't had the chance to read that one yet, but I know the quote, right? So, and here it goes. Driving through downtown Libertyville, I felt as conspicuous as a baby whale in a goldfish pond. I will repeat that for you. Driving through downtown Libertyville, I felt as conspicuous as a baby whale in a goldfish pond. So, if you are able to imagine a baby whale, right, that enormous animal that lives in the sea, if you are able to imagine a baby whale in a goldfish pond, you have the clear idea of what conspicuous means. A pond, just for clear understanding's sake, is an area of water smaller than a lake, right, and often artificially made, right. Now imagine a baby whale, which is quite enormous, it's not only big, it's enormous, in a pond. It's something you can't miss. You can't simply miss that, right? And the reason this word is good for the speaking test is because, again, when you are justifying, when you are enlightening your answer, you might want to talk about something that was obvious. But instead of using obvious, you can now make use of the advanced word, conspicuous. For example, if you want to add a detail to something you said, explaining that the man was so angry that everyone noticed it, it was obvious, you can say 
The man was so angry that everyone noticed it. It was conspicuous. See? Or, if you want to go even further, you can say, the man was conspicuously angry. Everyone noticed it. So, what happened here is that I turned the word conspicuous, the adjective conspicuous, into an adverb, which is something that qualifies a verb. In that case, the verb to be in the past tense was. So, I know, I know, it might be tricky to pronounce, but again, remember, you just need to practice, right? Studying is what makes you go there, but you need to practice to learn how to do it. Right? So, repeat, 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 conspicuously, conspicuously, conspicuously angry, right? Oh, blimey, that was good, right? I tried to give you a complete overview of those five advanced words, and I hope you had at least a whiff of fun along the way. So a whiff, just for you to know, it's a small sign of something. So if you had a whiff of happiness, a whiff of fun, I'm glad, right? I'm really, really glad. If you liked any of those words, then just start practicing so you can naturally become part of your vocabulary. Eventually, you will be able to use them during your speaking test, okay? Remember, studying is the key, but practicing is what opens the door, right? And this is time for me to go now, and i see you in the next videos. Cheers! You've listened to Blimey Cast. To see my full content, check my Instagram profile, Blimey English.